Galaxy podcast. This is our May the 4th special, and we have the Rule the Galaxy After Dark crew. If you ever listened to our uh, House of the Dragon episodes, tonight it's me, D Doc, Brent, and Alfie. And uh, we're just going to have a fun show here tonight. We're just going to talk about anything Star Wars over the, under the sun or two suns. But don't. Was that good? I see what you did there. That was really good. Was it good? Brent yeah, oh saying yeah. no? That's that great. <laughs> That was so. I'm I'm cutting off. This is going to be like my intro. When we saw um, <clears throat> Return of the Jedi in theaters, my daughter, she's going to be five years old very soon. You know how sometimes kids will just say something out loud in the movie theater, uh, like just not even thinking. They'll just say it like regular speaking voice. She goes, "There's two sons." She said that. <laughs> <laughs> Those two sons. I was just like, yes, there are. Be quiet. <laughs> but let's go around the horn and see how you guys are doing. So, uh, Alfie, I'll start with you. What's going on? Happy May the 4th. Hey, happy May the 4th. That's another good Thursday. Uh, you know, we had some T-ball tonight. It's really uh, making Thursdays a rush to get here, but it's worth it. We had a lot of fun. A pretty good Star Wars day. You know, can't really complain. A lot of good stuff came out today. Lots of, lots of stuff to talk about tonight. Absolutely. What's going on with you, Brent? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing better than I was last week. Um, so I'm not sure how much of my frustration with my daughter came through. I didn't listen because it was a cringy moment and I didn't want to go back and relive all of that. So uh, I, I don't have to do any uh, fifth grade math this week. I She, she doesn't have any homework. And sh- so I, I'm free to chat it up. But I feel bad because I know I kind of snapped a little bit at her, and I think you guys heard me snap a little bit at her. So it, it really wasn't so much the snap, but uh, you know, I recognized the dad face right away, so I knew what was going on. <laughs> if, so anybody who listened last week, I, I do have to apologize. I apologized to her as soon as I got off, and I was like, "Look, now I can focus on you because you're more important." Because yes helping my child is more important but i was just frustrated that i was sitting at home for two hours and then she decides to walk up and ask me to help her out right when this starts so it's like you had two hours you could have talked to me yep absolutely that's the dad life right 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 just so happens (laughs) so so other than that i don't have that to deal with um i actually just played my game uh i had a i had a little bit of time i played two games and i i won one and lost one so uh, I had to beat Ahsoka. She's not out yet, but a guy's playing like all of her stats and everything are released. So I had to I had to kill Ahsoka a couple times. Ooh. And Lando. She he he was using Lando and Ahsoka together in a team. They got some 
combos that are kind of interesting. So I have a question. Did any of you guys see Return of the Jedi in theaters on this little run that it's doing? I did not. No? Brent, have you seen it? I have not. Uh, I haven't been to the theater in a hot minute. I think uh, The Way of the Water was the last one. I think my we might be trying to set something up for this weekend to go see the Guardians. No, uh, we're a couple movies behind. It would be the uh, um, Super Mario movie. Oh, that's a great one. Because my daughter was talking to somebody and she says, "I want to see that." So we might set something up to go see it sometime this weekend. Yeah, I had a lot of fun watching that movie. I mean, that's something that you'll have fun watching as a parent and you know for the kids the kids will love it <clears throat> yeah it was a lot of fun it's a good movie yeah i i randomly on sunday just was like I, i'm looking at my phone and i actually saw uh okairo tweeted that he saw um he saw it in theaters and i'm like you know what i'm like i'm doing nothing but working around the house today i said to the kids i'm like you guys want to go to the movies they're like yeah we let mom have some time at home with just her and the baby. And I took the two kiddos and we went and saw it. And you know what? I never realized how long the part in Jabba's palace feels when you're sitting there with a four-year-old and a six-year-old. Actually, yeah, That's a long opening act of a movie. It really is. I, I never thought any differently of it. I always just watched it, but like, you know, I hyped the kids up. We're going and seeing a Star Wars movie and everything. And not much action happens in the big beginning chunk of that. You know what I mean? It's like, obviously, the story is being told and it doesn't bother me much. But like, you know, I hyped the kids up to go see Star Wars and I could tell, you know, all they know is that this big slug is mumbling, even though my son can read the subtitles now. But they just know this slug is mumbling and just had no clue what was going on. <laughs> Okay, so the question I'm going to ask then is, how did they react to my least favorite edition to the special editions? And I do. You, can you guess what I feel like is the my least favorite out of all three shows? The least favorite edition. Is that the Ewoks blink? Nope. It might be that, my least favorite. It's probably that performance by the singing girl. Yeah, that yeah. damn. That I was damn trying to think of something other than that. That was. <laughs> it is the absolute yeah, worst. That's the worst. So, how did the five-year-old and the what seven-year-old, five, six, seven, six, and a six and a four-year-old, soon to be five. Six, so okay, we'll call them six and five. <laughs> All right. So, how did the six and five-year-old react to that? Did they like it? They didn't care. It's okay. not like it's not like it brought them into it anymore. You know, to be honest, like their most engaging parts of the movie were on Endor, of course, and uh, just the final battle between Luke and uh, Vader. Like they just how, were in on that. How did they react when the one Ewok bent over shaking the other Ewok? I don't know that they noticed that the other one was, was down. Okay. I was wondering okay. about that. Okay, because that still brings a tear to my eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that a, that's part's a, that's a Because Harper on my right was getting a little squirmy as we were watching it. She was kind of like, there were some points where she was kind of like, okay, but she was afraid of the Emperor before well, this she movie. she should be. Yeah, he's scary. And she said... He's creepy. When he came on in the movie, in the theater, she said, 
I'm not afraid of him anymore. I'm just like, all right. I'm like, maybe Luke is rubbing off on her a little bit. She sees that Luke Skywalker is uh, not afraid. How, how did she feel when he said, do it? <laughs> she doesn't like when I do his voice. I always do the voice and tell her to come to the dark side. I'll, I'm, I'm always like, come to the dark side. <laughs> do it. Strike me yeah. down. Give in to your anger. Yeah, give in to your <laughs> anger. Strike him down. He's great in that, okay. though. So now here's my question, because this is something that I always get myself confused on. Ian McDermott, was he playing the Emperor when the original movies were being filmed? This is probably yes. a stupid question. Which, now you're going to have to in, back okay. that up. Okay. Not in Empire. Correct. But he in was Return of the Jedi. He was the original Emperor when you see him as a actual character and not as a hologram. Right. So okay. every every actual being of him is McDiarmid. Now everything is McDiarmid. But there was like somebody else that played the son of Skywalker must not survive. Uh, it was actually a woman with like a chimpanzee's face. Yeah, there's like a big bulge on the head, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It it was great to see it in theaters also. Just to sit there and see the Star Wars scroll on the big screen, the old movies. I think from, you know, seeing the special editions, it really struck me how much uh, I didn't enjoy the movie as much as I did when I was a little kid. Return of the Jedi? Yeah. Um, I think Return of the Jedi is probably the first movie that I can remember from beginning to end scene. Like, I remember seeing other movies, but not being, like, fully immersed in the experience of seeing a movie. Return of the Jedi is the first one. So, in my mind, I always put it, you know, so high on the pedestal of being of, of a great movie. But then going and seeing it again, it really, that opening is really long. And then the second act really kind of drags out quite a bit. I would say it's slower. That's, I've always said my favorite has always been Empire, but I don't know if it's because I, I feel it's because of the Hoth battle at the beginning. You feel like you're dropped in into something. But I don't think it from my personal perspective, I think return is slow. And Absolutely. I think all three of them in in conjun- all three of them compared to modern movies are slow, but I think uh, Return of the Jedi I feel like has like the slowest. There are parts that are fast. There's parts that like right fast or more intense. There are parts that are fast, but I feel like it like I like the scenes, but they're slow. Like the scenes right. with him, I and would Vader, agree. Him and Vader are all, like with Luke and Vader on the on the in the elevator or getting off the elevator. On indoor, it's a little bit slower. Um, the whole Ewok village with um, Luke and Leia talking—it's slow, but it's very like it's very intriguing. But it is slow. Yeah, it definitely is. I agree. Okay, you brought brought up a good point. This is something I've always wondered. Luke and Vader get off of the or Luke and the Imperial officers and stormtroopers get off of the Imperial Walker on the second floor of that station. So 
if it's full of troopers and you they are like on Hoth, how do the troopers get out of it? Because there's no station for the walker to walk up to. I've always wondered that. So you're talking about okay, so following it, you're saying the ATAT right. walks up to the indoor base and they get off because it's at the same level as where the side compartment is. Right. Yes. You're asking then how did they get onto the ground when they said Imperial troops have entered the base? Imperial troops have entered the base. Yeah. yeah so that's how exactly this- what I'm saying. Okay. So I'm gonna go with my headcanon has always been when General Veers calls the Vader. The shield will be down in moments. You may start your landing. That they came from something else. I always felt that there was some other ship that was now able to land because they took out the shield generator. That they didn't actually come out of the AT-ATs. But that's kind of what the name implies that they are. I mean, I get what you're saying, too. That is a possibility. But it's an armored transport. Yeah, but and what's it? Tra- what, like, what does it transport? It can transport troops. Is it troops or is it other armored vehicles? Is well, it like, like when, dropping out ATSTs? When Luke and uh, the officer get out, you can clearly see other troops inside the Imperial Walker. Is okay. So that is something that I've always wondered: where the hell was this taking place at? That getting off the elevator? Because I just assumed that they got taken. I didn't think they were on a walker. I thought Luke and the officer were on a walker and they pull up to the station and meet Vader there. Then they get into a shuttle and go up to the Death Star. So you're telling, so this is where I, as I've watched this, this many, probably, probably fewer less times than you, that AT, the ATAT that they show walking up to the base, you're saying that that had Luke in it. Yes. I never thought that. I'm telling you, sitting here right now, I thought that that was just an establishing shot that showed ATATs walking around on indoor. Yeah, no, it walks up to the base and then the scene flips from Vader's perspective and the door on the side of the, the walker opens up. They walk out. Yeah, so I thought right. that that was an, I, this is why I said that. I felt that they walked in on the bottom of the base, got out of an elevator on the floor that Vader was at. I didn't think that they were getting off of the ATATs. I'm going to watch it again just to see. I'm, I'm going to try to bring wrong. it up right now, actually. I mean, we have the capabilities. I'm, we can do it. I mean, I mean, it takes three years to get to this point, but we're here finally. But I, I never saw it that way. I just saw that as an establishing shot. Never thought that that was him getting off of an ATAT. I could be wrong. No, and you probably are right. Like, I could be wrong. I'm just telling you in the years that I've watched this, I, like, I never thought that was connected. I thought that that was just to show the power of the Empire walking around, and that was just to show you the dish and the landing pad. Let's watch it. Let's watch it, boys. Let's, uh, you know, it's it's May the 4th. Anything, anything goes. I think I have the right scene here. So let's bring it up. By the way, this is slightly amazing, the fact that we can sit and watch that's really cool. Now, right, this so, might be- so is this Vader land? So in your mind, right, headcanon, this is Vader landing. Right. Or is this just another shuttle? That's no, Vader landing. Okay, and you're saying that AT-, AT down there on the left is the one that's carrying Luke. Right. See, there's Vader coming out of the shuttle. Now, I need to say, when I just saw it in theaters, 
I never noticed that ATAT before in my life until I just saw it in theaters. I don't know why. I probably did as a kid and didn't even think about it. But when I was just watching it in theaters, I was just like, oh, look at that. There's an ATAT down there. Why didn't they just start crashing the Ewoks there to start opening fire? I would think that you probably have some difficulty with the terrain would be the. <laughs> yes. How did they you navigate find... the planet? I mean, you probably <laughs> couldn't find them, too, because the ATAT is taking out big things. And these Ewoks are the size of Womp Rants and their T-16 yeah. back home. That's true. They're not much like, bigger than two meters. I like what you did there, Brent. That was nice. <laughs> right, so is. this is okay. the one I'm talking about. Right, so you're saying Luke is inside that thing. Yeah. I never made that connection. Because, see, there's Vader coming down from the elevator from top. And you're saying that this is the AT-AT opening up. I'm oh, saying it's right just, there. It is. I'm saying it's just the elevator. Look at that. This is the rebel that surrendered to us. Although he did not I believe the main I never saw that as the ATT. I saw that as an elevator. Because I saw both of them being out coming out of an elevator and they were just making the exchange on that bridge. Good work, Commander. Leave us. Conduct your search. Yeah, that's so so here's the deal. When that thing walks away though, you're telling me when that ATAT walks away. That that's just going to be open to the uh, open to the air. Yep, there's the head of it actually. Yeah. You can see when it walks up that that's open to the air. You can see the uh, front cockpit uh, technically right there, right on the left yeah. side. Yeah. Dude, um, I don't know why my. I'm today years old. I, I am this. today years old with this happening. Just a, like it's one of those moments. I. Well, and, and to flip it around, I mean, I know because I think about this stuff too much because. I, you know, I think too, like, what did they like so, throw down a rope or something? And like, they have to wait like one by one as they climb up and Luke has I'm to still climb gonna... up by himself too. <laughs> I'm getting <laughs> Get up. <laughs> Maybe it kneels down like a camel. Like, <laughs> get in. That's why I always thought it was an elevator because they were coming in on the ground floor and never thought the ATAT was delivering Luke. I Interesting. still thought it was an elevator, even though I saw the ATAT in the theater. I didn't realize that's what I'm telling you. Out of it. Like, it's hey, D-Doc, I'm just telling you, we're on the safe wavelength here. Like, uh, so, and I'm sure Steve Glosson is shaking his head and is like, how are these guys Star Wars fans? But that's. I love that right. sound. All right, so we can sit here and watch this, and it'll be no fun for anybody else. So get rid of that, because like all of us will just zone in on that. And you know I'm right. Do you know how okay. badass of a hero in a movie you have to be for the bad guy to you know draw his sword behind you and not flinch, not turn around, just keep your cool? Yep, I agree. And not just any bad guy. It's Darth freaking Vader is standing behind you. I think that's what I think that's probably what makes Return of the Jedi so good is Luke's demeanor throughout it. Because as you're saying, that is a slow movie. And it's something I felt when I just watched it. And it's like, I don't know if it's because I was in theaters, because I've watched it at home and it doesn't feel as slow to me for some reason, but maybe it's Maybe it's because at home I can get distracted and do whatever. But yeah, I don't know. Well, During the theaters, I was like, damn, some of this stuff actually drags out. Like, I don't know. I know we're beating a dead horse probably with that. But 
Yeah, it's just the pacing of it. Like, yes, it's it, they're great movies. I love them. They remind me of nostalgia, remind me of my childhood. I watch them all the time. But I it think it's a all very of them are redeeming slow. third act that kind of counteracts the slowness of the second act. I mean, every, as soon as he makes it to the throne room, that picks up and everything goes. Absolutely. That's when it hits. I mean, I feel like Empire Strikes Back has good pacing, honestly, because I feel like that movie is constantly moving. I feel like it's always one scene to the next. They're like, I feel like everybody is on adventure throughout that, so I feel like it keep, really keeps your eye on it. I mean, in, in Jedi, I just feel like it's easy to almost like kind of drift in the, in the first act of it sometimes, actually. Yeah, and it kind of takes away when you separate Luke from everyone else because that makes the, you know Leia and Han's uh, story in Jedi kind of seem less significant. So to me, it makes their parts kind of drag a little bit until you get to the third act. Absolutely. So, all right, I guess we can move on from uh, from from Jedi, uh, but it, it was fun seeing it in the theater with the kids and having them experience one of the original trilogy Star Wars movies in theaters. Um, one other, like, topic I wanted to bring up, just, like, like, it doesn't, we don't need to spend too much time on it, but I I just done the uh, audio book about Bob Iger being the CEO of Disney, <clears throat> and, like, Pretty much like it's it's all about his build up to becoming the CEO of Disney, where he worked before. Uh, what was the what was the name of the sports station that he worked for before? Because it wasn't ESPN; it was Worldwide of Sports or something like that. I don't know. Is that what it was called? Just Worldwide of Sports, Wide World of Sports. I mean, that's ABC's old TV show. ABC's, Is that what he was? Yeah. Yes. ABC's Wide World of Sports. He was running that. That was like his first big step up uh, to where he became in charge of ABC. And then Michael Eisner bought ABC when he was the CEO of Disney. So that's how Iger got into Disney was when they bought ABC and then they created ESPN and all that interesting stuff. But um, <clears throat> yeah, the chapter on Star Wars was really interesting to me because uh, while Iger was CEO, they obviously bought Marvel, uh, which that was an interesting story, too, because there was some random guy. I, I mean, he's not a random guy. To me, he was a random guy who was running Marvel at the time uh, that they bought it off of. And he was still in place for a while. But there was like L.A. Marvel and New York Marvel, and they merged all of them into one. But uh, it just seemed like they had their hands and their noses in Star Wars so much when they were buying it compared to everything else. I can't help but to feel that way. It seems like they were obsessive about it, and it really didn't cost as much money as some of the other stuff that they bought, which kind of bothers me. <laughs> I mean, it was four, it's funny because $4 billion sounds cheap <laughs> to what they bought Fox for. Alfie, do we want do we want to get into do we want to bring up the the Marvel versus Lucasfilms conversation that we always have? And I think I do a pretty good job of saying that it's not fair to compare the two, but yeah. it's only natural. It's only natural to compare Correct. the two. Correct, I agree. I think I think one of the major things, the reason why they bought it for more, 
is they actually had legit. They see this is where we get into the talk of development versus production versus everything else, mm-hmm. right? They Marvel he they bought it when they were like eight films in of the twenty two films and, and they knew yeah. that there I don't know if they knew there were going to be twenty two but they knew there was at least a solid ten or eleven more yeah. right like they bought it anticipating with scripts written directors there they were in per, like they were past like the speculative phases right there so, was a definite roadmap with Marvel correct and they had already squared it out and there was eleven or so at least. And it ended up being 22 movies. So they knew that the investment was going to pay off in the end when they invested in Marvel. Lucasfilms, and this is the argument that I've, and I didn't read the book. I've heard people react to the book. But when Lucas, when they went to go buy Lucasfilms, he wanted money and he wanted enough money. And look, he, he deserves the $4 billion that he got. But he didn't have any of that roadmap at all. No. There was nothing in place. And then they said, hey, we want to give you like two and a half billion. He's like, wait, it's worth more. You're paying you just paid seven or eight billion for this. Well, I'm he worth wanted- more than that. I'm, I'm my merchandising. Like in his mind, my merchandising and the franchise is worth more than that. He's like, yeah. And then they came back to him with, yeah, but they have this coming down the road. You don't have anything. And then so in my mind, and I'm not a huge like Lucas is the Lucas is the supreme being and like can do no wrong. But he slapped something together, and that's the way I'm going to look at it, is he slapped something together to try to increase the, the price that he could sell and then got upset that they didn't want to keep it because he just slapped something together and didn't have a lot of thought, production, all of that stuff behind it. That's the way that I'm interpreting it from the way that I've heard the story. I would say that's a pretty fair interpretation. And I... I think it, it really all goes back to this idea of theirs that they could start over and do their own thing. And right. like I keep saying, you know, new ideas are hard. Every, we, we all think we have like this really good Star Wars idea. And I think most people probably have a few good ideas that we could, you know, make something out of, you know, merge them, whatever, you know, that we could develop into something. But at the end of the day, it's so easy once you get into these ideas and you look at your final product and you say, well, crap, I just remade a new hope. Like my hero is totally Luke Skywalker and here, here's Han Solo and Chewie and a couple droids and a princess, you know, and I'm just as guilty because I can remember seeing the Phantom Menace, right? And I'm sitting in the theater. It's been 20 years. And in the first 15 minutes of this movie, I'm looking around going, what the fuck is this? This is not Star Wars. Well, you know, where's Luke Skywalker? Where's the Millennium Falcon and Obi-Wan Kenobi and, you know, all this other stuff. But that's not that's not how we want to be. You know what I'm saying? We we want new stuff. But then again, when you see the new stuff, you're like, well, this this isn't right. Who, who are these weird alien guys talking? And when these robots and stuff that, you know, it just... I, I don't know. It's a double-edged sword. You know, I there was a nice little film that played for a while at Hollywood Studios that had uh, pretty extensive interviews with Gareth Edwards while he was making Rogue One, and he really talked about how hard making that movie was because you have to, to- you know, toe that line of it has to be new enough, but then it has to be familiar enough because mm-hmm. if you make it too new, 
it's just not going to feel right. But if you follow the same old pattern, it's not going to be new enough and you're going to be dogged into, you know, saying, Hey, you just remade it, you know, and you're living up to probably the most iconic three movies. You're you're being compared to the most iconic three movies of a generation. Right. I mean, it, like the one at least seventy seven, A New Hope is probably the mo- one of the top one hundred, if not top five of the top one hundred movies for the impact that it had on movie making, the impact that it's had on pop culture, the impact that it had all over the place. So everything is going to get measured by those three movies, like back to those three movies. And yeah, it, like it's, it's almost, it's daunting and it's almost impossible to live up to with the way that the fan base is so rabid for it. Right. Yeah. It's not that we're bad fans because I, I, I think that's all over, but I think for the most part, we're pretty good fans. The, there's a, there's a lot of complaining from certain groups, and I think some the minority is a lot louder than the majority. But we are very passionate, and I think that passion is mistaken a lot for being, you know, toxic or whatever. I I think face to face we are all the same thing, right? It's when you get keyboard warriors, and you it, it's just the same thing with political. It's the same thing with sports teams. It's the same thing like with every fan base and fandom. When you're behind a keyboard and you're impersonal and there's not that personal connection, you're not it's not going to feel the same and you can say whatever you want to say and it's going to lead to you reacting the way that we react when we read things. If we're talking, everyone that we've talked to, everyone that I talk to in my the school that I work at, everyone that you guys run into, all of your friends, even the ones that we just discover are Star Wars fans, there is an almost like an instant friendship that comes about from that. Everybody that we've run into with ICC Con, we're in ICC Con month of May, last weekend in May, Memorial Day weekend. Everybody that you run into that, you feel like there is this brotherhood. Um, there is this fraternity. There is this, I'm trying to think of something that's more inclusive, but there is this group feeling and everyone shares that positive vibe when you see each other face to face. It's that removing that impersonal and becoming impersonal makes it easier for us to become toxic because, because you're reading something and then you automatically have a knee jerk reaction. Whereas if you're talking to somebody you have the knee-jerk reaction, but then you try to be nuanced with the way that you say it, and you're not having the you're not having the toxic moment when I can just be toxic without dealing with the repercussions back if yeah. I'm typing. I always come back to T Bob because I you know that was one of the most fun shows we've ever done, and there was nothing toxic about about that. That dude loves the Last Jedi, and I don't, so <laughs> I'm not gonna talk for other people but it was a lot of fun and it should be that way you know when you're face to face and there's no reason why it can't be that way other than human nature itself you know the internet is kind of it brings out the worst in people yeah and i just don't really see why you know it, it just can't be that way why if you don't like something that's great we can still talk about it and we can still have a good time talking about it I love me some resistance. 
don't know if I love me some resistance, but I definitely liked it. I didn't like the second season, but I liked the first season. But I'm about the only one that will sit here and tell you that. I, you know, I, I really didn't care for Rebels. The first two seasons of Rebels. I liked the last two seasons a lot better, but, you know, there's, we can, it, you know, I wish we could get back to it being acceptable to say, hey, I didn't like this. There's nothing wrong with it. And I don't think like it's bad right. or anything. Right. That's, that's just like looking at art. I can look at a, a, a painting and appreciate, you know, aspects of it, but I don't have to like it. You know, I can say, <laughs> oh, I don't really care for this, but I can, you know, it's deep recognize the work that went into it or its meaning. We, we invest so much in ourselves into this thing that it becomes deeply personal. Right. Like there are people, heck, uh, I was driving with people over the weekend and they said that Jedi is one of the uh, recognized religions from the U.S. military. You can get it on your dog tags. You can be recognized as a Jedi if, from the U.S. military. Right. So there are people that take this deeply personal. So if you say something to them or for whatever reason, because of how personal and how their memories are wrapped up into it, their core the core memories, those, those things are wrapped up into it. It's almost like you're insulting their core and they respond that way. Right. Yeah. There's, there is a physical, um, gosh, dang it. There's a psychological way that people react. I want to say it's like scarp or scalp or something like that. And basically it's an acronym and I don't know all of it. And I, I'm trying to spout out some philosophy and I'm half brained on it. Hopefully somebody's listening and knows what I'm talking about. But it's more or less things are as a status symbol. Things are things can be taken as a um, and used as a status symbol. So I'm going to use an example of a teenager, a teenager in their their shoes. I don't understand it, but a teenager in their shoes and sneakerhead culture is like ridiculous. But if you insult their shoes, they take that as a personal attack on themselves and will react as if they are stabbed. Right. And I'm right. saying that there are some people that, depending upon it, everybody has that shoes or has that sneakerhead culture. And there are some fans that have <clears throat> the Star Wars fandom or their love of X character. And if you say something, they're going to have that, like, they're going to feel assaulted because of how much that means to them. Their psyche is be feels like it's being stabbed. And then they feel like they have to lash back out. Yeah. Yeah, I. It's funny because as you're talking about this, it's like I think like me and my wife are starting to get to know other parents at our school now. You know what I mean? And it's like I'm sure they're eventually going to be coming over our house to do stuff. And I have this in my basement. And it's like, you know, for me, it's perfectly normal to me. It's perfectly normal to my wife. You know what I mean? But some people might see that and be like, this dude's got a bunch of Star Wars and Lego stuff or whatever. You know just a bunch of nerd shit on his walls in his basement. It's a little weird, which I think it's like, I, I think it's a little more acceptable now. I've found the dads that I can tell are into it already. You know, it's like you have that side conversation and you lead into it. Like, hey, are you a Star Wars fan? You know what I mean? Like I've found them, you know, they're out there. <laughs> yeah. But there's definitely parents that'll be like, that's freaking weird that I have this stuff from you, which to me, it's not weird at all, but. Right. And then you'll go over to their house and they'll have all of this like china and porcelain and they'll have like these frames of this paintings. Like everybody's got their weird niche, man. Everybody's yeah. got something. And you'll walk down there and be like, you feel uncomfortable because you have they have all of these like bobbleheads 
not in bottle it, not not Funko Pops because hey. that's different. Not Funko Pops. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking the old porcelain grandma bobbleheads from back in the day because my great grandma used to have them, and that's what I was getting at. I wasn't talking about Funko Pops. I've seen some weird stuff as a plumber, though, man. One thing I'll say is nude paintings. Seen a lot of those, and I feel like there's something that is eventually going to die out. I don't know if any of you guys have any nude paintings. I'm not judging you if you do, but I've seen a lot of odd nude paintings where sometimes it, it even looks like the person whose house I'm working in. That's I, what I was going to ask you. Were they, like, personal? Some of them seem very personal, man. Like, you know, the boudoir photo from uh, Costanza. You saw some Costanza type boudoir photos. Yeah, yeah like uh, like paintings, though, oh. like more like Rose, more like Rose on Titanic, I'll say. Oh, OK. Like the, um, who was the woman from Parks and Rec? She had the painting above her bed of herself. Um, Joan Cusimato, the talk show host. I can just remember that episode. But yeah, that, that's kind of, I don't know. That's kind of weird, D-Doc. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only, <laughs> the, only, the only other point I wanted to make on the Iger thing, which I think you guys took that in a really good place, was that he said that he told Abrams, like, good luck. You, like, this is, you've got four, $4 billion riding on this movie. Like... And then he said, like, he regretted saying that to him, like, because he's like, it probably put a lot of added pressure on him. Like, no shit. Dude, here's the thing, like, <laughs> he bought, they bought Marvel and he was like, there's so many good creatives. Like, you know, we, I, I know it's going to work. It can go so many places. Like, he just kind of let it happen. I feel like with Star Wars, he was like, we just spent $4 billion on us. We need to make a movie right now. He essentially says that in the book. Like, we need to have three movies out within the next couple of years. Where it's like, he should have pumped the brakes and been like, hold on a second. I own this IP now that has a rabid fan base. Why don't we... Because he already said that the parks pay for so much of what Disney does. The parks are like their biggest moneymaker. Even bigger than movies or anything. Like, the parks make them a ton of money. Build a freaking Star Wars land based on what you already have. Then come out with a movie. I know the fan base is going to be like, we want a movie now, too. I don't know. I just felt like he micromanaged it too much. I, I like Iger, personally. I mean, I really enjoyed his book. I think he's a good guy. But I mean, he ran the company and did really well. Like uh, I will sit there and say, like if you want to think about uh, Michael Eisner was a very successful CEO of Disney, and then Homeboy is next. Like, they, they really did not miss on much during their time, his time running and Eisner's time running. That's why I don't, you know, I understand the criticism of The Force Awakens. You know, it did hit a lot, a lot of the same beats as A New Hope. But really, like you're saying, D-Dark, with that kind of investment, it kind of had to. And I think it did a really good job of, Yes, hit eats and yes, bringing nostalgia back, but really giving some, you know, markers of, hey, this is where we're going in the future. Here's our new cast. We're going to build on this. You know, that feeling of that last scene in the theater, seeing Luke turn around was indescribable. It was just like electricity going through everyone. It built up, you know, so much like, 
hope and excitement of where this franchise was going and what the future held. Yeah, I agree. And I think he felt that way because he bought it with nothing, right? Again, I'm going to go back to the purchase. He bought Marvel knowing that and trusting the, the path because they had been successful with the first, they'd already had five or six movies. They were successful with those five or six movies. I don't know exactly where we're at, right? So I'm throwing out five or six. How, wherever he bought it at, they had a run and then he knew there was more coming. He saw that coming. He knew that the creatives were running it and he, he could see that coming. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, he knew he was buying LFL with nothing because, and he knew even though George slapped together and I'm saying slapped together and I know some people will be insulted because I am talking about George putting it together, but oh. George, but like, and there are people that talk about George like that. I mean, come on. He did. He, he can miss. He can make mistakes. He slapped together something, and Iger was never going to take it. Yeah. Right? And he, they he, bought it from him he, as a show of faith. They bought correct. it from him before the deal happened. So I think that he took it as, okay, they bought my scripts. Now they're going to buy Lucasfilm. Like, because th- like, that's where they hit the hitches was like, I think like as the deal was being made, George was like, what am I going to do? And then they're just like, you, we don't want you Got to your do money. Anything. Yeah, that's pretty much. Why don't you find a beat somewhere, old man? What 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 George wanted too was he kept saying he wanted the Pixar deal because I think Disney bought Pixar for seven billion, and that was Steve Jobs. Which that part of the book is extremely interesting because Steve Jobs (laughs) and Disney had a very clashing relationship with each other. He hated them actually. So, but here's the here's the the whole story of Pixar is just crazy to me though. Because that was Industrial Light and Magic, which was an offshoot of Lucasfilm at yes. one time. And he also created it to sell it off because he knew he wasn't good. He knew he didn't want to keep it and run it. Yep. Like he developed Pixar as a wing to help make his movies. And he knew that somebody else could run it. So he was okay with selling it. But now he wants it back. Yeah. He, he, yeah. He, he wanted. He wanted the deal that they got where pretty much they were bought, but they were still able to stay independent from right. Disney. Um, you know, the, 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 the kicker was that Iger said it needs to be called Disney Pixar now. It's not just Pixar. It's going to be Disney Pixar, which Lucasfilm, they decided not to put any Disney logos on anything. They said they wanted to just keep it Star Wars, keep it Lucasfilm, you know, all that all that fun stuff. But. Yeah, that was the kicker was he pretty much just said, you know, all these other ones just had teams and movies and everything in development. Like Pixar had like five bangers in development before Disney bought them. Like they had bangers lined up. And that and that was what they said with George was that he just didn't have anything ready. And then and then George was like cool with them. And then he did that interview and said basically he felt like he sold his uh, child off to slaver. Yeah. Right. And then George called Iger and said he was sorry. <laughs> he said, I'm just having a hard time with this. Yeah, and that's understandable. It'd be hard to let that go. That's something Dude, you know you, you built from nothing. You created you created this this behemoth. And now and, they basically said you sold it and they said, Yeah, like we know that you're we don't want you as an advisor. Just thanks, but we'll take it from here. Yeah, and that's gonna be the, the difference, you know comparing it to Marvel because you don't buy star Wars to make stories that were 
let me backtrack here because this is exactly what we're doing now. You don't buy Star Wars with the intentions of doing things that someone else has already done. The whole idea behind Star Wars is making something grand in this spectacle, you know, pushing the boundaries of technology and making something new. You're not going to buy Star Wars to do, you know, the demon in a bottle run from Iron Man or something like that. And I'm not saying that that's not a, a you know, that that's bad that Marvel would would have that approach because it's perfectly fine. It's a great story. It's just a different, it's just viewed differently. You, you know, Star Wars is just different and it's, it's hard to put it into words or, you know, put your thumb on what exactly is so different. Just not what you would expect from a studio to just redo something or remake mm -hmm. it. You you want new ideas. And I think that, to me, is like one of the... And I don't want to get into prequel or sequel bashing. I don't want to at all. But I think that was one of the biggest letdowns of the sequels was it really never seemed to push that technological, we've never seen something like this before. Like, even the prequels did. So, I mean, I'm going to go back. Yes, you want us to do something new and just rehashing ideas. But if you go and break down A New Hope, it's just retelling old mythological stories as well, right? Right. It's just repackaging other stories because like, at this point in our society, coming up with something that doesn't pull inspiration from something else is impossible. Yeah. And I don't mean not being inspired. Right. I mean, just saying, okay, I bought Disney, so I'm going to do my Air to the Empire trilogy. That's going to be our first project. You know, I'm, that, that's my point, is you don't buy Disney and say, okay, let's develop Dark Empire into a movie. That's a good, you know, let's start with that. No, you, you want something comparable to the original trilogy or the prequel trilogy. And they, Disney thought that they could create. And I'm not something. saying they didn't do that. I'm just no, saying you know, that's the, the difference and the difficulty. In, you know, they just expected to start new and it would take off. And they right. did not expect to be where we are right now. Yeah. And for, you know, for the most part, it did. You had two bangers right out of the gate. Right. But then you had <laughs> the poop. What is it? Taking a turd in the punch bowl, right, DJ? Yeah. yeah the turd in the, like, the punch bowl. The turd in the punch bowl, man. Like that right there changed the course of the franchise. Yep. And then without uh, going to more details, that changed the course of the franchise. Also, an interesting thing was that George handpicked Kathleen Kennedy to run everything, too. She yeah, was his was... number she was his number two while he was still leading it. Like yeah. she's produced, she produced all of the Indiana Joneses before. Yeah. Like she has, she is a good producer. She has good credits underneath her. As the, you can argue for or against her as the head of the organization. But she's got good producing credits and she's got good movie making chops. Yes, definitely. I, I mean, she does. She has she has a great history as far as movies she's been involved in. <laughs> and uh, another final part that I gotta say too, I'll I, we can talk about something else after is um the story about the fact that they sent J.J. Abrams with the Force Awakens to 
Skywalker Ranch <laughs> to present it to George. And George just immediately said it basically sucked. They didn't do anything new. You you didn't take any of my story. Like, this is horrible. <laughs> like, I feel like they I feel like JJ was out for the slaughter on that. I mean, I I really do have a sweet spot for Force Awakens for myself as well. And I agree with admits it's like a new hope in the book too. But I, I mean I do have a sweet spot for it. I, I think it's a I think it's a damn good movie. I, I don't know. If you took a child to see that movie, you feel a hundred percent different than an adult sitting down and watching it, in my opinion. Because yeah. I could be so overly critical of that movie, but seeing watching my son watch it, dude, it's like looking back in time. Yeah. And it, it accomplished its goals. I don't, you know, whether you like that, it, it hit those beats or not, that's fine. But it got people super excited I, and it packed the theaters. I was talking about this this weekend too. And I said, out of the three, I think that was the one that I, I've let, I asked, they complained about them or whatever. And then I said, go back to when you left that theater. Not now, not what you think about it now. Go back to when you left that theater. You were filled with excitement. You wanted to go back and watch it again a couple, two or three times. Like that movie had excitement. That movie was like, damn, this is where we're at. And at the time, it, there was a lot of positive energy from that movie. A lot. Now, the way you look on it now, people, after you leave it, you look back on it. I'm not like immediate reaction from it. Everybody left with like positive like energy from it. Absolutely. And everyone that I've talked to, and even when I when I presented to them that way, they may not want to argue with me, but they can they can agree that they did at the time feel that way. And it wasn't until after maybe six to nine months people are like, Oh, it's the same thing as Star Wars. New but Hope that's and- the JJ Abrams, like that's what he's so good at. Mm-hmm. As much you can dislike him all he can you take want. off. He can make something seem so mysterious. And you can't stop talking about it. And then, yes, it doesn't matter the project that he's working on. A few <laughs> years later, you're like, well, shit. That Star Trek movie was essentially a new hope. It even... <laughs> Captain Kirk stood on a canyon and watched the sunset. And they played the you know the, the dramatic movie, and it had a sword that flipped up. And the, the, they had a Death Star. But at the time, it seemed really cool. Yeah. Which, just wrapping things up that's not his mm-hmm. I want to know who writes the Cal Kestis stories for Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor because those are <laughs> the same guys that were, wrote Kenobi are they really? no oh well, yeah never mind yeah, yeah that makes sense um yeah I mean I'm I'm on Jedi Survivor now and I'm just like, I can't believe I care so much about this character is just a video game character. Yeah. And it's like the storytelling and the world building in it is awesome. It's awesome. I'm like, why can't why can't the guys who are writing these games hop onto a movie or something? Like look, look at the old public. I mean, people still love the old republic just from those video games. Yep. And not that they're bad games because they were great games, but I mean for what are they like 30 years old now? And you know, that story is still a really good story. Yep. Well, as these video game movies are proving that they're money makers, I think we'll see something, but I mean, they need to make, you know, they, 
they need to make up their mind if they're going to do something with Tau Kestis because uh, I forget the guy's name, uh, something Monahan. I think he plays him. It's not Dominic Monahan. That's the guy from Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Um, either way, he's not going to be getting any younger as time goes on, and it takes about seven years for a Star Wars movie to take off. So, And I also disagree with George because Force Awakens showed us what the Millennium Falcon is really capable of in certain scenes that it's something I always wanted to see. Like when I saw that trailer for force awakens, seeing the millennium. Forget about it. Yeah. I'm like seeing it do those maneuvers that Ray did when she first got in were incredible. So, but how did she know how to fly it so well? (laughs) <laughs> who cares i agree i didn't think about that myself i agree it was like the whole point of the movie the force awoken it says yes. it in the title yes. it's not that hard of a concept no but it awoke inside of finn it didn't awake inside of her it I'm awoke joking. inside of her and lots of other people at the same time <laughs> that's the way but, i took it oh what was i thinking it's just the, the whole thing about Ray not being trained and not being able to do some. I've, I was watching something or doing something and there's not much training here. And that person was doing a lot more than what they should have been capable of. It's just the, the focus on the training. You know just, what? Uh, that dinosaur dude in Attack of the Clones had a shit ton of training and was a master and got Gun smoked in three seconds. <laughs> <by Dango> <laughs> That's true, actually. You know what they need to do a seven-minute montage like from Rocky Four. You need to put on the music and you need to yeah. have the train running montage. through, running through, you know, the streets of Jakku, up the mountains. And, yeah. See, yeah, that's one thing that I've always, <laughs> I think, we get lost on in Star Wars is this focus on training because we don't really see the examples that are put right in front of us. The Jedi trained for centuries and got their asses handed to them by one dude. So what, what does it matter how much training you have? It's true. Luke didn't really get that much training. I mean, you could say, you know, the theory of, well, the Falcon's hyperdrive was malfunctioning. So he could have been on Dagobah for like five years or something, but he wasn't very good. Even All if right, he had Jesse. a ton of All training right. on Dagobah, he still got his ass whooped by Darth Vader, which All granted, right. most of us would. All right, Nick Shesky and your time slippage. Ugh. Well, they'd have to travel at sublight speed. I mean, it's a given. They tell you that. Seriously, this is not Interstellar. This is not Star Trek. Let's just like let it let let it happen. I just think one of the things I think of is like you've seen a fat guy lift a car because he was in a moment of stress. The force works just the same way. Yeah, you tap into it in moments of stress and duress. And that's why she was able to do it. She didn't know what she was doing, but she found out, hey, this fucking worked. I'm going to keep doing it. Exactly. Yeah, it's like in that movie uh, Rocket Man when he's telling the guy to call him uh, Mama or Papa or whatever when he's lifting the moon rover off of him. You guys ever see Rocket Man with that comedian? No. I can't think of his name. It's a hilarious movie. Disney Channel original, I think. So if anybody out there has heard of the movie Rocket Man, which I forget the name of the guy. I know he's the main voice of Bob and Puppy Dog Pals now. I forget the like, comedian's name. 
like so like when when uh, Kylo is trying to get into her head and he tries to say things and she's like what the hell are you saying and then like she like says it back and he repeats what she says of course she's going to continue doing whatever she's doing because he's repeating what she said and he's monologuing saying you you're tough you fight you're keeping me out of course she's going to keep doing it because you're telling him what you're telling him that it's working did you hear that she's not going to be the main like storyline focus too of her new movie? She's not going no, to be the protagonist. I'm, I'm not hey, buying hey, any of that. They hey. don't have shit written <laughs> no in that shit. movie yet. <laughs> hey, this isn't the point, right? So in my mind, just to give you some idea of where I'm at, this isn't the slap together shit that they're trying to buy off of George Lucas to raise the cost of the uh, Lucas film. That's where they're at right now. They're nowhere near anything that's worth having any sort of in-depth discussion about. Right, because the their announcement, their official announcement, sounds to me like, and I'm not trying to be mean here or anything, but it really sounds to me like someone took one of the new Jedi Order books and just wrote down what was on the back of it and said, just go with this. This is really generic and vague, and just go with it. Just replace Luke with Ray, and we'll we'll go from there. So I yeah, I firmly believe they do not have crap, except for whatever they sold her on to get her you know back. Right. They say twenty twenty five or whatever though, right? You know, sure. Countdown is on. You know, I'm, sure, D Doc. I'm holding out hope. They've got this whole writer's guild strike, and then there's oh, yeah. another there's another strike after that. I can't remember. Speaking which of one. speaking director of, uh, strike? yeah, I think it's a director strike. Um, or it could be like the um like camera, like photo- like cinematography type thing. But supposedly the story that I read was I think you shared it, was Andor is good, but they don't know about Acolyte. So Andor yeah. supposed Supposedly, uh, Gilroy got the last script in on like the eleventh hour of the strike, mm-hmm. so the script is good for Andor, and Andor season two should be good. I think Ahsoka is done, so I don't think Ahsoka's got a problem. Ahsoka's done, and so I think the one that's the concern would be Acolyte and where they're at in the Acolyte. Hmm. That stinks because I'm excited for Acolyte. Like, even if you know what, even if Acolyte turns out to not be great, they're trying something different timeline wise, like that we've never seen before in live action as far as the old school stuff goes of Star Wars. So, like, I'm excited to see them do that. And, and seeing some of the actors that they have in that show, I think it's going to be different. Uh, well, we'll see. I mean, I, I have too much hope. I mean, here we are. Star Wars Visions has come out. I haven't watched any of it yet, so I need to. I watched two of them today. Were they bangers? <laughs> not really. They were, uh, and I'm not going to say that they weren't. They just weren't for me. I'm just not a real like anime kind of guy. I'm just. Uh, I need something a little more straightforward, like the Ronin or um, the other one that was the Jedi in this apprentice yeah, on the, the mountain elder, the elder. yeah i mean i can deal with anime was... like that but this re- the first one is very i mean it was very cool don't get me wrong and once again i can appreciate the artistry and the talent that went into creating it it was just like 
I don't know, man. It was like, I thought, because I was eating lunch and I thought, did, did somebody slip me a mushroom or something? Because this <laughs> shit just like went wild for a few minutes. But um, I don't know. I I'll had finish them up, you know, over the course of the next two days. The guy that I played my games with uh, is a Star Wars fan, obviously, that watches the anime stuff. And he said he watched, I think, what are there, nine of them? I think he said he watched like seven of the nine. And I was like, whoa. Um, he enjoyed them. He said the one from the Wallace and Gromit uh, studio was kind of heartfelt and was pretty good. Um, I don't know. I haven't watched them yet, but I'm, I, I'm interested just to see what they look like because they look like they're completely different from the ones that they did the last time. I mean, like completely, like, I know that the different stories, different yada, yada, but I think it's, it might be more anime that I like. I wasn't really into the anime that they did last time. And that's more of the Japanese style that, that just did, it did not resonate with me. So I like the fact that they're doing different types of anime and not just that J- Japan anime. Yeah, I can agree with that. I, I think for me, the hardest part is just because I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm, I'm really fucking old. So I don't get it and to present me with like 10 minutes of it and then go to something else. Yeah. It's really hard for me to like understand what's going on or to be interested in it, to follow yeah. it. And, and I will also say in the, in the previous visions, my absolute favorite one was the Tatooine Rhapsody one. I know most everyone said that that was their least favorite. That was my most favorite. That was the type of animation that I liked. It was that type of cartoony it looked the most cartoony. It didn't look anime-ish. It had a fun, lighthearted story. And that's what I enjoyed. It was my favorite one. So that's the type of stuff. If they have a couple that are like that, which it looks like there's a couple that are in that style, I think I'm going to like them. But Yeah, that's, it's funny because for my generation, like I didn't even realize that I technically grew up an anime fan because I used to watch Pokemon, which is anime. I used to watch Dragon Ball Z, which is anime. Uh, I got into Yu-Gi-Oh, which is anime. Yu-Gi-Oh. But me, oh, man. I oh, was a Yu-Gi-Oh card guy, man. <laughs> I did you have my a, nephew to see that movie. That was like you have the a blue eyes, two hours dragon. of my life. Oh, I had blue eyes, white dragon. I had Red eyes, black dragon. Did you have the thing that you wore on your wrist? No, I did not. Oh. The- <laughs> hey, have you seen those two guys who are live streaming each other? battling each other with those wrist guards are getting like uh, over a million views every video they make it's insane it's two hardcore nerd guys who pull out the cards and put it on their armband thing (laughs) i think it's called like i mean i know it was they said it was it's time to duel it was a duel uh for for Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh was just like a different version of pokemon essentially except you just didn't catch they Ooh. all are a version of Pokemon. Well, I shouldn't say they all are. I feel like all of those card games are just different variations of the Pokemon card game and trying to make it work. Like Subway Surfer and Temple Runner, the same damn game. You're just changing the skin on it. Wow. Yeah. Brandon has such hard feelings for Temple Run and Subway Surfer. I didn't know. They're the same damn game. They're so dumb. Those games are so dumb. Give me my royal match and let me waste my time on royal match. Royal match. Which one is that? I don't know. You're making you're making 
picture. It's it's like a Candy Crush, but it's Royal Match. I don't know. Oh yeah, I know that one. Yeah, oh, I'm on. Did you? Love, you guys I'm on level the, like four thousand three hundred or something. Did you guys get the message I sent to the group chat about my game today? The Galaxy yeah, did, did it ever come back up? So talk it, a little bit about that. It did for a little. Okay, so this game. I've been playing for, I don't know, probably over five years. I was going to say, it's at least two because I remember the, yeah. like when we first started doing this, we had the pool party at Joe's and you were talking about it. So, you know, it, like any game, there's this whole free-to-play versus being a whale and, you know, buying your team, all that stuff. But So they've been building up that there was going to be this massive overhaul of the game today. It was going to go live today. Which is May the 4th, which typically is one of the few days where they have amazing deals that if you're going to spend a little bit of money, it's worthwhile because you can get a lot of stuff for you know, a fraction of what you usually spend. And then every mode of the game, all the rewards are doubled. So as the way the game works, like today, Saw Gerrera came out. So... He'll be put on one of the maps, and you have to keep fighting the Saw Gerrera. You can fight it like five times a day, basically, and get with the hopes of getting more uh, cards of his to build your character up and keep leveling up. So today is a double drop day. So if you play the Saw Gerrera, you're going to get two for one every time. So it's another incentive. If you don't spend a lot of money on the game, today's like a day you want to spend money. And all this hype, all this hype, the it goes live and it immediately crashes. And it was down for hours today. And people were just losing their minds because you have all of this new content, all of the deals, all the double drops, everything, and you can't even log into the game. And then it would go, it would, you could tell they could fix the bug for a little bit and then something new would happen and then the game would crash again. Be down for hours. Oh, yeah. Over and over again. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Look at that. If you're watching on uh, YouTube, uh, which if you're listening to us, you should also watch on YouTube because we're visual guys as well now. Brent is showing us Boba Fett's throne that Alfie got 3D printed and Brent is painting for him. And I can't wait to see how this thing turns out. That's just primer, right, Brent? Yeah. I just threw a coat of primer on. I went out to the garage to grab it. So when I go up to go upstairs, I can take it to the paint station. Um, so here's a question for you, Alfie. And this is a question for Dr. Squatch since he likes to listen too. every picture that I can find. Um, I'm thinking that was about the tattooing Rhapsody, um, the Dr. Squatch comment. Yes. Uh, so every picture that I can find of this Boba Fett throne, he's sitting on it, but it looks like, and I don't know if you can see, it looks like it's a cushion. Yes. But I can't see a color on the cushion because his ass is on it the entire time. So what color do you want the cushion to be? I don't know. Right. Hold on. I'm working here. I'm working. Yeah, because those should have been separate pieces. But like I said, he ended up printing it. No, it's all in fine. One piece. Yeah, I, I mean they're they're all whether I mean you would still assemble it, but the the question is is what color do you want it? So I know you're gonna. I think you're gonna use it to pose your Boba Fett. Oh yeah. 
but which why wouldn't you there is a picture that i found as far as like a uh, a i don't know what they call it an establishing picture or whatever that had Phoenix shan standing next to it too her sitting on the arm with him with his leg kicked over it so i mean i i know what to do and i have an idea of what to do for the entirety of the stone and the guild work in the front it's just I can never find a picture of the cushion. Is it? Do you want it to be like a red? See, can you see the cushion on that? Yeah. Yeah. Dot, can you it. zoom? Can you zoom in to get to the cushion underneath his booty? That's about the closest I can go there. Yeah. I can probably. See, I mean, if you if you go to another one, like, and so I was going to do gold with the faces, right? Mm-hmm. So I was going to try to do like some old worn gold on the faces. Um, and then it's like a sandstone color for the, for the chair, but I just don't know what to do on that cushion. Uh, my buddy that I played with is a painter. He said green, like an army green, like a deep green, but I don't know if there's, I can't, like, I couldn't find a, uh, I couldn't find a reference image. That's not, that's, that's what I was looking for earlier that had the color of the seat. Because everything else has imposed on it, which I'm cool with, but like it's just like, see, D Doc, you can't find one, can you? There's one. All right, and pull that one up, can you? I didn't see that, so at least they're out there, so I can find one. That looks like it's black for my eyes. Anyways, yeah, yeah, that one has. Black, I guess almost like a black leather, I guess. Yeah, like a leather. I could do like a dark leather. Yeah, who's got the Lego set? Who's a Lego guy that collects Legos crap? What color is the Lego chair the chair on the Lego guy? I'm just gonna say what Dr. Squatch said. I'm coming at you, D Doc. You probably have the set. Well I don't have this one actually. Oh, you don't? Oh, okay. No, I'm I'm underwhelmed by this set, honestly. Okay. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I mean, do you see that? It's pretty much just like tan, uh, with, like with a tan leather sitting on. Okay, it. I can I can do a leather. Yeah, that, I thought that set was overpriced. I have a love hate relationship with Lego right now. We've been having some issues. You're muted, Alfie. If you're uh, if you're talking to us. I'm sending you a picture right now, Brent. All right. Just trying to get that right because I couldn't find one with a good reference image. So I was trying to debate yeah, what I to do for that chair. And I'm sure of it. No. I'm I'm sure you're not picky, or I'm sure you wouldn't be picky. But I was just curious what you would want. What is I, that? I still have Tamora Morrison's head sitting on my uh, desk at all times from the Boba Fett that I. Oh, because you can yeah. model them without the helmet. The model, okay. yeah. You, can, I, I gotta paint. I, I gotta like do his um skin color, which to me is just like I, I've always had a hard time making skin color look natural. So I need to work on that. And I just, oh look at that! I still have. It doesn't matter how much you wash this <laughs> off from tiling, man. This stuff just stays so, on your fingers. So Tamora's is a little bit darker than normal, but um, they have. I have found um, army That's painter. Funny. Army Painter has created a new line. They call them speed paints. They're kind of like contrast paints. So you could use a Citadel paint. So if you go to your paints, like a toy hobby shop, 
There's the Citadel brand that they use to paint Warhammer figures. Oh, Jesus. Um, there's, a, there's a one called Reichlin Flesh Shade, um, which gives it like a little bit of a, like a pinkish flesh shade color. Okay. There's one, and there's one from Army Painter now. If the same place should sell Army Painter paints. And there's one called, um, gosh darn it, it's a flesh shade as well. But um, that's the one that I, I like the Army Painter one. I used to just paint and like mix up browns with a little bit of like, I have like a flesh color, which is like a peach. So put a brown and a peach together to give it like that hue. Yes. Yeah, I have this one. It's um, Flump, Flump Pink. This is from Army Painter. It was a Dungeons yeah. and Dragons one that I got, which works. But then there's so like pink. So pink, like stuff. pink. Yeah, yeah. Pink is a little bit too light for what you want to do for skin tone. Yeah, I'm currently oh, yeah. in production of uh, I'm currently in production of another Mando model kit right now too. So I'm building a Din Djarin currently. That one's is that one all? Are you painting that one, or is that one come like this already is, painted? This is like it, it comes with you know different you know different uh, sprues or di different colors. Like I'll show you right here. Like you have, you know, your brown ones, your silver ones. This isn't like a metallic silver. It's kind of a flat silver. So it's not like true Mando colors, which gotcha. they just added pieces of this onto Boba Fett's. So there's so many extra pieces that come with this that I can have some fun with some of these pieces because they just added like a couple extra things in to change Mando to Boba Fett yeah. because... You can see how many extra leg pieces you have here too. So things are a blast to build, man. I, I really like they they've almost taken over. Like I, I still love Lego, but I, I can get just as much fun out of building one of these for thirty dollars. Usually is the cost yeah. of one of those figures. Yeah. And to me, it's they're even more de they're even more detailed than Black Series if you can put a good paint job on it. I painted I painted the original Boba Fett, which. Like not every piece is painted, but I did like the weathering. I did the stripes yeah. on his um, helmet and everything. And this one was the first one I ever did. I absolutely—that's like what made me fall in love with doing them. I did that one. That thing is on sale for like twelve dollars right now, which is like the biggest steal of all time for a freaking Bondi model. I'm about to buy another one just to build it again. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's a crazy deal. It's a crazy deal. Um. Before, you should uh, you should build you should paint it prime it all up and then paint it a different color from the Mando show. Well, that's what there's a guy I follow on YouTube called uh, Boy Lie Hobby Time, which he just has an incredible page of him making custom dioramas, which he uses a yes. lot of. Um, it's either one that did the trench run and or not the trench on Hoth. He's got the three separate. Um, there's a guy that just recently did one using the Star Wars Legion models. He did. It, it's Three hard. Different it's, battles, right? Yeah, yeah. And he had the Hoth troopers, and then he had it all uh, wired up with the blaster bolts. Yeah, yeah he's I used Legion stuff too. a lot. He he has his own series that he does called. Um, it, it's almost like a, a, I don't know, a futuristic Wild West where it's like. Yeah. So yeah. you saw the one with the uh, snapping turtle underneath the water then too? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he makes some really cool stuff, man. I've been following that guy for a while. Yeah. And, like, he just 
I don't know. I'm, he just has some really good ideas. Like even when it doesn't have to do with Star Wars, I'm I'm in on it. Star Wars is what led me to him. But. Right. I pretty much don't watch television anymore. I just like surf tube and watch hobby stuff and my games and battle reports and. <laughs> Dude, I, it's disgusting. I know. See, I'm I'm into your world, Brent. I only dip my toe into it. I only do it every so often because, like, I don't know. I'm just always I'm all over the place. I'm I'm into too many different things because yeah. it's like I'll do I'll do a Bondi model and then I'll do like a Lego and then I want to do some woodworking and then I'm like I'm like all over the place. I have too many hobbies. I, I don't have enough time or money. I don't have time or money. Like I would love to get into some of the other tabletop games, but I have no time or money to be able to get into them. All right. Enough about me wasting time about painting toys. Uh, <laughs> let's get to the real stuff of painted toys because I know we've gone about an hour and 15 minutes, but we really haven't talked much about May the 4th because we really didn't dive into anything that was released except for i'll let you guys talk um i we were joking before we started there was we were like what are we going to talk about i said it'll be easy i will say two words toy time and then you guys go that one right there oh goodness gracious darth malgus is that malgus yeah that thing is sick. I don't. I'm not really familiar with Darth Malgus, honestly. Is like, he? he he's not the one with sick. the breather, right? No. He. Yeah. One of them has a breather. He does at some point. Because I know in my game he has a breather, yes, and I thought in um, the old Republic game in the cutscenes he had a breather. There he does, right there. Yeah. That's the way I know him because he, okay, uh, Mark Thompson, Mark Thompson's voice for him is awesome. It's almost like Bane. Like his voice is almost like Mark Thompson doing an impersonation of the uh, Batman Bane. It's awesome. That figure is dope. I believe it's Deception. It. I believe he's the main character in Deception, which is one of the old Republic expanded novels. Written by our friend Drew Karpishian and I believe narrated by our friend Mark Thompson. I like the fact that he's actually got a necktie on. It doesn't look like that shitty one that they threw together for uh, uh, Black for Chrysanthemum. That one was terrible. This one actually looked pretty cool with the choker on him. Yes, they did Chrysanthemum a justice too. They know that it sucked and they totally redid it. This is a great okay. clone figure here, I think. Yeah, another clone. <laughs> right <laughs> just like the last one because yeah, every that's the whole helmet. idea of removable the clone, helmet removable helmet. you know what and you know what pisses me off about the clone troopers the same with the stormtroopers they always release one with every wave and you never can find it anywhere and i know well why don't you just pre-order it well that's because i have a personal <laughs> thing about no longer pre-ordering anything so i so only buy what i can find Wicket. Let's talk about Wicket for a second. Right. Oh my so, gosh, look at this box. It's amazing. Look at that box art. Um, they just released an archive of him. They did. They're, they're reboxing so much shit right now, man. Like, like how I many mean, Ahsoka Tano's like that do those have to be? I just got this Lando for $7 and they threw him in the Return of the Jedi box and they're selling him for 25 to 30 now. Yeah. I just got this for $7 because they just did an archive series on this figure. It's a great figure. I, I, would, I would buy this one for full price. 
because I think it's sweet. You got the removable helmet, and it's a great head sculpt of Lando. But uh, yeah, the fact that I saw it back on the shelves in new packaging just really cracked me up, man. So the Ewoks are going to be released for my game. They haven't told us what timeline, but we know that they're coming. They're coming sometime this summer, so probably June or July. They showed a card of Wicket, so you can run Wicket as a commander for the Ewoks. And so the game runs on keywords. So this keyword triggers this. This keyword does this. So every co- every unit has a keyword, just like your Galaxy of Heroes. I'm sure there mm-hmm. are keywords that you look for synergies between things. Wicket has 12 keywords on his, like, the smallest figure, the smallest commander has 12 different keywords. A Jedi only has, like, four. He's more complicated and has more tricks up his sleeve than Jedi. Yeah. Freaking wicked. My game is kind of the same because the longer the game runs... Yeah, I know. New characters that come out, you know... Like Saw Gerrera just came out today, and he has a bunch of them. Yeah, and uh, they got to make them something. They got to make something distinguishable. They got to make it play a little bit different. Right. They want to make them thematic, but it doesn't necessarily match with the keywords that they already have. So they got to throw in a little bit of a little razzmatazz to right. keep people so interested. Going with the picture that you just showed, there's three different Ahsoka Tanos on my game. And the latest to come out is Commander Ahsoka Tano. So basically like yeah. seven Clone Wars. And she has so many synergies. But then like Boba Fett is only a bounty hunter and a scoundrel. <laughs> like not, not even not even a Mandalorian anymore. He he has no synergy with Mandalorians whatsoever. Is that fabric that's trying to make them look like ghosts? Yes, or is that like it's, plastic? It's it's a fabric and there's also a mixture of translucent translucent ugh, translucent arms and legs to make them look like the force ghost. You can see it on Kenobi here. I think this is a cool little set. For $78, there's no way in hell I'm going to buy it. It's too expensive. So if you're watching anybody that's watching on YouTube, you know we're looking at, what is this, the Star Wars, is this Hasbro Pulse's website? Yeah. Yes. So we're looking at the Hasbro Pulse website. There is a, um, he's pulled up a couple images. This one is an image of Hayden Christensen and old Obi-Wan Kenobi and Yoda as the Force Ghosts. It's a set that they're trying to sell. um, Oh, like on uh, Empire Strikes, not Empire, Return of the Jedi at the very end. Ooh, they, he's pulling up another, like, it looks like it's a Black Series helmet. Um, it's, what is it, 130? And it is the uh, 332nd, I believe is the numbers. Yeah. Um, it's, the, it's, it's the Ahsoka Tana clone helmet. That is sick, man. That is dope. I painted one of my clone teams with the 332nd. That was hard. Those helmets, though, they've just gotten so expensive. When they were no. underneath a hundred bucks, I could justify it, especially when you could catch them on sale. But but this is the Ahsoka paint job. I know, but I it's a like... bad it's a badass paint job. Is the only reason why I say that. That's you, know, I, you won't hear me say that a lot, but that's a badass paint job. I've said it before, and I'll say I'll, I'll always say this: ninety nine ninety nine is comfortable for me. You go one hundred, and now you just. Absolutely, me. I agree. Ninety nine, ninety nine definitely is a comfort number. Now you you take any action figure and you keep it under thirty dollars, I'm going to buy it. But once even it at twenty nine ninety nine, 
$29.99. You go above that, and I'm, oh, God, I'm going to be pacing up and down the aisle. My wife's going to be making fun of me. I, I just can't do it. It's too tough, especially when you see, like, that Paz Vizsla that was $34.99 or whatever, and then I find it for $7. It's like, oh, I, I just can't do it anymore. I'm, I'm reading one of Dr. Squatch's comments right now. All I want is a clone helmet. Stormtrooper Black Series used to be $50 from time, time, time years ago. Can't justify it now, despite my desire for it. I agree. I mean, I've had my, I've, I've been seeing this Bo-Katan helmet collecting dust at my target. And that's like, I would love to have it. But I, I think Hasbro just has their hand on this dial. And every time they release something, they're just like... They just keep turning that dial up and seeing how far they can push Star Wars fans. I mean, seventy-eight dollars for for that three-figure set. Yoda is this big. Like you can't justify a, a, over twenty dollars a cost when when Yoda's this big. You can't tell me that it's costing you that much. I mean, okay, he's got the fabric on it. Okay, Job of the Hut Black Series. Are you going to spend ninety dollars on a Job of the Hut figure? Absolutely. It's not just not. it's not Jabba though. It's not just Jabba though. It's got salacious crumb there. I know it's that's true actually. And he's got his frog water hookah pipe. That is so that is so true. gross. Reaches in and grabs his frogs. I you know what's another thing too? I always thought that salacious crumb bit Jabba's tail at one point in the in Return of the Jedi because he's looking at it because he wants right. to bite it. I thought he does bite it at one point. Does he bite would, it in um? Does he bite it in uh, something else? Is it uh? Is it in Phantom Menace actually when they're about to start the pod race? No, Java bites the head off of a frog and spits yes. it at the gong. He wants to bite his tail though. You can see him looking at it, just like mm, this thing's moving something around a little bit. About that sounds familiar. Maybe it was deleted. You've got the uh, the the Royal Guard, which is sold out. Yeah, that's a nice looking one. They look so wrong to me. Got their robe on, dude. Yeah, but now you can see. Sure, I'm I'm with you, but at the same time, now you can see the evolution to the Praetorian Guard. True. Right, I've never actually seen them without I. The iconic version of them is with their robe on. I've never really seen them without the robe on. Yeah, they're they're that's another cool figure. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to like here. Uh, this Luke, I'm going to actually forget about it. Yeah, tonight I'm actually going to order the Luke from the Mandalorian because that is on Amazon, and that's going to be the first ever. See, this comes in the Return of the Jedi um, box, you know, that special box where you can actually change his chest plate to be open or unopened on his uh, robe, which is a little, little interesting. I mean, I guess that's, a, you know, it's a $25 figure that, that that's reason, very reasonable to me. I'm buying that. In, in I'm buying that second. one. I'd probably buy this Vader in a second too, just because I'm, I, I love the box. If I can bring it up here and the removable helmet. Yeah. You got the box, you got the removable helmet, you got a removable hand, you know, which is awesome. And it's a very highly detailed figure. It looks great. 
Just really be careful is. with that hand and maybe make sure no kid swallows it. Yes, that's true. Don't worry. My stuff is off limits. They know some of the stuff. They know what they're allowed to mess with and what they're not allowed to mess with. So yeah, AM that one right there. This Atomic is on Mass sale on Amazon right now. Look at that box art. Atomic Mass Games has created a diorama of the Kenobi Vader fight. And it's the it's the Kenobi from Kenobi and Vader um so they're and they're like across from each other like the fire the fire uh duel it's actually not on sale yeah that's i love those dioramas like i plan on making a diorama soon it's just a matter of learning Nerd. how to solder these led lights i i need to get into that because i want to have the light up um i want to have the light up uh uh, lightsabers and stuff that you can do that I've seen on that guy's boy light hobby time. Now, have you guys ever seen Team America World Police? Because doesn't yes. his face look like he's from that movie? On the I mean, of all of these characters look like they're from Team America. But he looks like that face on the cover of our beautiful like box. Gary? Right Was that his name? Yeah. Gary. <laughs> Team America. Yeah. <laughs> Those are best sellers. Yeah. So I mean, this Cad Bane is is freaking awesome. I would love to have it in two years when it finally releases. March first, twenty twenty four. From Book of Boba Fett. Are we gonna go through every one of these, D No, we're not. We're just we're about to end. <laughs> so did anybody else buy anything today for get any good May the fourth deals? No, I'm going to after this show. I was actually disappointed. I thought they would have more stuff for my game that would be discounted, but there's not. Did you look on Amazon? Yeah, Amazon didn't have much. They had this. They had things that were like the reason why they're discounted is because no one bought them, and they have no. massive supplies of them. Yeah, they didn't well, have much. I was I'm, excited to send them to you. I've been accumulating these for a while for the right day, so some of these might be getting used. People get me Amazon gift cards for certain events, and I just sift them here, and they just collect dust until the right moment. So we'll see. I Some think we've reached that moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but even if you buy them now, none of these are available, right? I'm not no. pre-ordering anything. I can't deal with the pre-order. The only thing I ever had a pre-order on, and it drove me absolutely batshit crazy, was this Mandalorian helmet. And waiting for that. What about Boba up. Fett helmet? Did you put a pre-order down on a Boba Fett helmet? <laughs> I did. Hey. <laughs> it was a trial for sure. Oh my god! Oh. Doctor Squatch just said, "I want to grab a Lego set today. Couldn't find any deals worthwhile. Most mostly just in the real pricey sets. Yeah." The only deals that they have today are VIP point rewards for Legos. Uh, and the sets that they absolutely swung and missed on are highly discounted today, and people still don't want them. So, right. And that's kind of the same thing with like Legion stuff. It's like, yeah, you're discounting the stuff that's already like not really selling. Yeah. So it's not really worth it. The stuff that's selling is not not getting a major cut. Yeah, fans. When when fans don't like something, they don't buy it. And I've seen plenty of Lego sets that even when they're hitting the discounts, like that Boba Fett throne room, 
The problem with that set is you can't spin it around and display it as Jabba's palace. It just does not look good like that. And and previously on Jabba's palace, you could spin it around and it would be displayable that way as well. And I don't know, Lego just Lego they they tend to cut some corners with Star Wars anymore, and fans see it. They, they they're not stupid. So like you know, some people will buy stuff, but. I don't know. That's the that's the way of the world today. Some things, some things are just very overpriced, and then you can you can get it at a steeply discounted price, and people just sometimes just don't choose not to buy it. I I didn't understand the big justifier set. I could not no. see anyone really knowing what the hell that ship was or what it was from. Yeah, and it's what's your exclusive be- figure with it? I think it's Omega is your exclusive yeah. figure. Omega, Cad Bane, of course. Cad Bane and Finnick Shand. Yeah, they there's also there's also some design details on that ship too, where from the sides there's see-through points on it that people aren't happy with. That's some that's some of the stuff that I watch on the YouTubes. Similar to Brent. My wife doesn't get it, but I just uh, I, I have my subscriptions, man, and I'm absolutely entertained by watching all the creators that I follow on YouTube. I mean, it's better than the television stuff that I watch nowadays. So it's like, why am I, Why would I watch news when I can watch that? Also, I'm learning most of the time that I'm on there. I'm finding something that I want to create or build and learning it from someone else. So. Yeah, you could ask me, you know, some very in-depth questions about building, maintaining an aquarium or a pond, filtration, you know, uh, water purification. Do I have an aquarium? No, but do I watch nonstop videos on people who do? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, you know, probably semi-professional at uh, keeping and handling that. <laughs> but do I have any? Absolutely not. <laughs> the power of YouTube, baby. The power of YouTube. I mean, heck, my car, I'm going to have to try to clean my carburetor out again in my, uh, not my car, in my lawnmower. I'm going to have to watch a YouTube video on that again because I watched it and it helped me once, but it's starting to do the same crap again. That's what I do, man. That's what I'm That's what I'm there for, Dave Doc DIY, baby. But I haven't been creating enough content lately. I'm having video block, writer's block. I'm doing all kinds of projects, but I just uh, sometimes just don't feel like recording it. Don't know what to say. It's weird. Do we have anything else on May the 4th? I, I didn't mean to cut off all the toys, but you were just pulling up every single one of them and going through every single picture. Because they're I don't. beautiful. They're, they're plastic toys. They're not beautiful. My stuff is beautiful. Did you not see all that box art? That's true. The box art was gorgeous. <laughs> oh, you know but, what? Here, but they're going back, one. right? Hasbro, uh, the fans won. They're going back eventually, yeah. right? It probably it's won't be recycled like, plastic now. Right. So it'll be like January before they start actually putting it back on the shelves. Here's Chris Anton's uh, redemption. That is yeah, okay, that's better. better. That is, yeah, the, the one that they put out early right after the show was terrible. It was yeah, that was That was a very bad decision because that was not the book of Boba Fett black chrysanthemum that was from a comic $45 man are you kidding me $45 but it's got Yoda on his backpack look at the details on that rock it does have a tactical rock you gotta have the tack oh look he can jump 
He's jumping for the frogs. I'll tell you what, I recently rewatched this scene. Uh, just like looked it up on YouTube just because I wanted to show it to my little guy because I haven't watched Mandalorian. Like the yet. raising the frogs? Uh, I showed him Luke uh, training Grogu. And honestly, watching back on that, I think Luke's voice is horrible in it. Yeah. I think it's really bad, in my opinion. But that's also probably because you just got done watching Return of the Jedi, and you have a good comparison between the two. It was the if day you, of. <laughs> and you've listened to countless people say that his voice is bad and it doesn't quite match up. And I have look for actually. this and look for that, and then you're like, "Oh my god, this is fucking terrible." They were right. I, I haven't listened to that stuff because really, the main people I listen to are us when we're talking about it, but. I did rewatch it, and I'm just like, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm not in on the, on the face, the face swapping and uh, AI voiceovers. Since they now live on a lava planet, Navarro, do you think that Mando made a little koi pond for Grogu, and then went and got some frogs? Did you see? Th- okay, so hold up, hold up, hold up. This has just hit me. I, I don't know so. why we didn't talk about it. The uh, um, the Jack Black episode. Yeah. They had the frog people. Yes. At the table. That was the same frog people because their species was dying out. That was the whole point. So right. that had to be the same frog people from season two. I don't think it necessarily would have to be. I think they were making the point that reproducing and keeping their line going was hard. Now, well, it is hard. What does that mean? Tries to eat them, right? I'm saying it's. We don't know why they were. Why it was so difficult? Was the planet destroyed? You know, do they have a low survival rate? I'm saying it's the same know. ones. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. There's no reason why it couldn't be the same ones. This is a Lego set worth picking up. I forgot that I recently got this. This is a Star Wars show, though. That's Indiana Jones. Lucasfilm, baby. Lucasfilm. <laughs> <laughs> Lucasfilm Disney. That's that's what it is right there. This set is so worth the money. Like It was like $35 or something. Uh, Lego was drunk when they made the price on this one. It's a heavy box. So I'm excited for that one. Okay, since you brought up the Jack Black episode, let me ask another question. Do you think the Mandos will go back to him since he knows how to build dome cities? Did he build the dome city or was that just him? Because was it he the married Lizzo. He married no, he married Lizzo, right? So he was a re- he was a reformed imperial. So he just moved into there. Okay, let me rephrase this a little bit because I knew you are going to say that, and that's not exactly what I meant. He is the whatever leader of a civilization of people that knows how to build dumb cities. Is that a better way to phrase it? Do I think they will go back there on screen? Probably not. But do I think they might go back there to try to get help? Sure. I think it's... 
I think it'll be fun. I'm willing to see more Jack Black in Star Wars. I don't know. I don't know how much they want to pay Jack Black <laughs> and Lizzo. Like, do they want to sign him for another? Oh show? yeah, you don't actually have to go back there. I just think it would be a nice connection yeah. when you go to season three or four or whatever. Say, oh yeah, remember the Duchess and that guy? He helped us out. All right, guys. I mean, I think uh, I think we're ready to kind of uh, put a wrap on our May the Fourth show. Uh, I think we hit on a lot of points, not necessarily all Star Wars and stuff. I mean, I don't know. We kind of had a little, as I said before the episode, we we're just going to have some fun and talk about everything under the two suns. Were we going to get to the fun? Oh, terrible! Both of you guys. I need. I need both drum- of you guys. <laughs> Both both of you guys are terrible. I, I have all that's these my stick songs. though. That's uh, what I go the, with. I know the dad joke puns are just awful. I could while away the hours, I just want to say <laughs> that I don't know who Doctor Squatch is, but the man is an absolute legend. Because anytime that we're on. He stays through the whole show. He rides hardcore. With he, is, he is a ride or die rule the galaxy fan, and I he's, love you, Dr. Squatch. He's for the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows. Yes, I agree. Squatch, Squatch is ride or die. Squatch is a top, top RTG fan. We love Squatch. He actually had the funniest comment early when he was talking about uh, when we were talking about keyboard warriors. And he said, uh, where is it? He said, that's that's true, Brent, especially true for people who operate under an alias on social media. I hate this yeah. guy. <laughs> what do you mean? You're really not a doctor? No, that is his actual image right there. Oh, okay. He is a Wookiee doctor with a clone trooper helmet. He, he, his first name is Harry and his last name is Henderson. Oh, gosh, there's... You're the best, Watch. We love you, too. I don't know if there's many people who get that reference. The Harry and the Hendersons? That's an old movie, man. That's a a real niche market right there. I loved that movie when I was growing up. I thought it was great. I went to the movies to see that, D-Doc, as a little guy. That was was like a Disney Channel uh, movie. Oh, my God. It was in the Disney Channel for him, Alfie. It was on the Disney Channel. (sighs) That's like the post I saw the other day asking what it was like to see episode one in the theater. Oh, episode <laughs> one, really? <laughs> hey, that's where we're at, man. I mean, my kids are probably going to be asking me what it was like to watch The Force Awakens in the theater. Jesus. Craziness. Well, All right. let's do uh, let's do some final thoughts uh, from, from you guys. Uh, Brent, uh, why don't we start with you? Final thoughts, May the 4th, wrapping up the show. I mean, I'm more of a Saturday. See, Okay, so I guess I'm going to wrap it up with one question. Is it Revenge of the 5th or Revenge of the 6th? Because I feel it's Revenge of the 6th. Well, May 5th is Cinco de Mayo, so I think Revenge of the 6th makes more sense. Because I kind of, I kind of, I'm kind of going to celebrate Revenge of the Sixth a little bit, but yeah, uh, no, I enjoy it. Like, uh, there's a bunch of guys that I work with that know know that I am a Star Wars fan and made it a point to say uh, Happy Star Wars Day or May the Fourth be with you. Um, I said it to one guy and he said always, which I I got a kick out of too. So, 
it's a uh, it's a good time. Um, uh, more and more people are starting to find out how how deep my Star Wars uh, passion is. So uh, yeah. Other than that, I just enjoy escaping into a world far, far away, and it's fun to not have. It's interesting to not have anything to talk about show-wise because it's been a while. I feel like since we haven't talked about a show. Um, but as always, we can fill about an hour and a half, two hours of just shooting the crap about Star Wars. Absolutely. I agree. Couldn't, couldn't say it better myself. What do you got, Alfie? I'm with Brent. You know, I'm the Star Wars guy at work, so it's fun to have a day like this where everyone you know, really goes out of their way to say something about Star Wars to you. Uh, it's always a fun day to, you know, just like we were doing, looking at all the stuff that's coming out or trying to find a really good deal. <laughs> think i found two today so i'm happy about that and hopefully we'll be talking uh next may the 4th absolutely baby yeah i mean same here i got the text uh from people today may the 4th be with you you know uh, it's people know you're the star wars guy they like to they like to send you that text and it's always a fun day even my mom said it to me which she just has no clue about star wars but she knows it's may the force so it's i don't know that's that's the kind of stuff that makes it fun and that's what makes it fun to be a part of the fan base as we were saying earlier i mean it really is a good fan base you just got to not pay attention to some of the negative nonsense that happens it really is a group of good people especially like people like dr squatch who's hanging for us for this whole show so From uh, from DDoc, from Brent, from Alfie, you guys can follow us at Rule of the Galaxy SW on Twitter. Rule of the Gal- you can email us at Rule of the Galaxy at gmail.com. S- does SW. it have an SW? It yeah. does have an SW. I'm sorry. I haven't wrapped up a show for a while, actually. <laughs> I missed last week, and it's like I feel this emptiness when you don't have that one week. It's like, like Brent said, we can meet up here once a week, and we can just talk star wars and you know it can just keep going it's great so thank you guys for following world of the galaxy podcast until the next time happy may the 4th and may the 4th be with you